Thing, so I'm going to hit record. Mm, gold. Oh, yeah. Miss the gold. We don't want to miss any gold. Yeah, it was uh, spring at 524 Eastern time or something yesterday. Yeah, did you know, I think it's next year, spring will arrive the earliest in over 800 years. It'll actually happen on March 19th at five something in the morning. It's one of those phenomenons uh, that happens every 800 years. So it it only happens every 800 years. So, Dan, you would have experienced it when you were a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Old guy joke. Old guy joke. He's turning 65. So 800 uh, years ago, Dan, do you remember that happening? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got up really early that day. Yes, you did. Yeah. You were like, Papa. <laughs> Papa. Papa. Is it spring? Is it spring? I think it's spring. And then he said, well, you, of course, your father had dysentery. Everyone, everyone 800 years ago had dysentery. Right. <laughs> it was just the norm. <laughs> That's right. Me and uh, Darren had fit right in. <laughs> Uh, that that whole summer solstice thing, it, it's quite fascinating. I'm reading about it yesterday. And, you know, that precise moment where the sun is in the middle of the earth and there's, you know, equal sunshine on each side of the earth for those, uh, that one day, one moment, whatever it is, it's pretty cool. And then I'm reading how um, some adjustment or some weird thing and nature is going to create uh, a situation where it happens on the 19th next year and then it'll go back to the 21st and then bump back to the 20th and planet earth i'm telling you it's how does nature know planet how does nature earth. know to do that oh the lord tells that is that where it comes from that's the hierarchy howard it goes lord nature the lord tells nature <laughs> okay and then nature responds and uh well that's they listen i'm glad you've explained that to me mm-hmm uh, Dan Duran is here, but he won't be able to hang with us for the news because he's got a very important, uh, very important work to do. Yeah, he's doing the Lord's also, work. Also, like, yeah, well, I, the, the times later, you guys are, uh, you know, oh, that's right, up and and I'm it's later in the day for me. I, I, you know what, Dan? Very good what point. I, I just remembered I that. Right? Yeah, you're two hours ahead of us, and the fact that you're even sticking around to do this part is, you know, what it is. It's a blessing from baby Jesus. Uh huh. Oh wow, the Jesus. The baby. I thought you had considered doing it from the work site, but would that not go over very well? Or would I will it be know, too awkward? Well, I, 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 well, I might. I don't know. I just was uh, doing stuff around here. Lisa stayed. Lisa came to town last night, and we went to the short film festival. A friend of what for short course. people? It was just yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that, <laughs> that an old joke? That's good, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just Dan. I'm just getting warmed up. The the real good stuff is uh, going to be later in the program. Oh, right, that's good. Yeah, yeah. if you're you over know, five foot six, you cannot enter. That's right. <laughs> Right. So I ducked and, you know, I need my way in. Wait a second. So Lisa's over there on the sketchway right now? Yeah. She's upstairs doing, you know, whatever she does for jobs. And well, isn't that cool? Does she ever take advantage of the massage chair while she's there? She hasn't yet. <gasps> Damn. But uh, I got back from the short film festival. I climbed right into it and she went off and, you know. Did whatever she did. So I well, was, she probably went right to golf lab. Of course, that's right. Um, <laughs> golf lab, I will yeah. say this: of all the time that Dan's been living in my house, I, it does me good. It does a heart good, as they say. That uh, Dan has taken advantage of the massage chair magic technology, 
I and, have. Uh, yeah, you, you, I think, you know, it's, uh, you use it almost every time you're there. And it does, it does make a difference, especially after the kind of work you've been doing the last five months. Yeah, it, it does. I wish I had one of those chairs now. And then I and then there's a point where I, I wish I could plug a laptop in and just program, <laughs> program every part of it. It's like I want a little bit more of that because sometimes That's there's a sort of a, a lower back around the bum area. Oh, yeah. Some sort of uh, roller thing. And I'd like a, I don't know how to get that, you know, without automation. I want a little more of that. Well, for your 65th birthday, which is just moments away. Uh, well, not moments, days. Ask yeah. for that. There's an idea. There's mm-hmm. a great idea. Ask for uh, uh, Lisa to get you a massage chair of some sort. Right. I'm sure she would not hesitate. She cares about you and your physical well-being. Well, that was, that was, that's a great thought. I never thought of uh, asking mm-hmm. her to spend that kind of money <laughs> <laughs> on me. Well, that's that how she'll... Car? Can you get me a car for my birthday? Well, that's how she'll prove her love. Oh, yes, right. Well, I'll, I'll let her know that that the, <laughs> that the way to my heart is through uh, material things. No, I was in that chair one day. It's fantastic. It really is something. Yeah. Oh, no. right. Yeah. Oh, is this somebody walking in on me now? No, I don't think so. No, I'm good. No. What do you think of strangers? What are you doing, Howie? Um, sorry about that. I just, the uh, computer uh, icon stopped charging. I was like, hmm, something came unplugged. That. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, your 65th birthday is, uh, when is it? 27th? This yeah. It's this weekend. So our last show, Thursday. No, Monday. Monday, I think. A week from yesterday? Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's exactly one week after Buddy Doug. We celebrated his birthday yesterday. Yeah. San Miguel. And it's funny because I, I don't really know Doug very well, but I've gotten to know him a little bit here. He's a just a really fine person and a very nice man. And uh, I came back from golf yesterday and Darren was here and he said, uh, oh, blah, they were, they were talking. I guess he had Darren been at your place yesterday. I think so. Yes. And anyway, the conversation turned to uh, something about uh, dinner, and they were doing something for Doug's birthday. And I was talking to Fred. I said, oh, here, put, put Doug on the phone. So I, Doug gets on the phone. I said, hey, Doug, I just found out it was your birthday. Happiest of birthdays. And uh, I made some comment. And uh, then the next thing I get, a, a message from Fred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Fred says, um, hey, do you want some gift ideas for Doug? <laughs> Like he's he's mocking me as he does, you know. This is just for everyone who's like, oh, Fred's this most sweetest guy. So this is it. Right away, this is for all those people. Right away, he goes, "Do you want some gift ideas for Doug?" And I write back, "Already got him one." And he says, that "Stop uh, me right my truck." He said, "He comes back. He goes, you're swell." And I said, "Do you want some ideas how to fuck your own hat?" <laughs> Fuck. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, because in, in the Fred Patterson world, like saying happy birthday to his friend was like something weird. <laughs> <laughs> so did you do anything special? Is there some sort of Mexican festival thing that you uh, created for him? Or, or No. Just, uh, on uh, Sunday, though, there was, uh, I think it was uh, Fernando Valenzuela Day here in um that's not, what, that's not what it was. It was a holiday Monday, <laughs> and there was all sorts of fest. It was like being in in a movie, you know, like one of those. Uh, it reminded me of uh, uh, what was it, Chapel or whatever. They, you remember that series, the cartel series? Mm-hmm. 
you know, certain scenes during festivities and the people with the big paper mache hats and everything in the dance and in the trumpets. That's that was downtown San Miguel. Yeah, on and to it be, was like to, being to be, in a movie. Yeah, to be clear, huh? it was not Fernando Valenzuela Day. Okay, something like that. <laughs> Dan doesn't know. But okay, whatever. Yeah, it's Fernando Valenzuela was a pitcher for the uh, Dodgers. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what day was it then, Howard? Um, I don't. It, it's, uh, it was the guy that San Batista Day or something. San no, I Miguel. think it was the guy they named the airport in Mexico right. City after day. Juan <laughs> Benahito. Yeah. One. Benito Juarez. It was Benito oh, Juarez's right. birthday. He did not also did not pitch for the fucking Dodgers. <laughs> okay, so tell us what you did for Doug's birthday. Uh, nothing. We just sort of hang out during the day, and uh, he wanted to relax. And then we went down to City Market and uh, picked out some nice shrimp and stuff for a lovely dinner and came back and had dinner. That was it. And... Uh, Tonight, it's sort of uh, an attachment to his birthday. We're going out to a nice restaurant here, and Howard, you're joining us. Um, we sort of tried to book that restaurant for his birthday. Not available. Uh, so, uh, left it too late for the reservations, but uh, we have reservations tonight. You're meeting us at 7 p.m. at Berlin. Dan, I was I over. What's that? Go ahead. And I can already, uh, I can already taste the uh, pork shank. That's what I'm having. Garlic uh, mash. So Dan, I was over. Uh, Fred, uh, Dan, Darren, and I went over to Fred's and had dinner on. Uh, I guess it was Saturday night. It was great. Watched the uh, last. 15 minutes or so of the hockey game then it went to overtime and then there was a shootout and the Leafs are just awful and it was fun watching them and um and we had a great dinner you know sitting around it was fantastic uh doll made some kind of pasta with chicken and zucchini and butter and some pardon me it was it was a pesto pasta pesto fantastic and some broccoli and everything was great and uh, we're sitting around, and uh, at some point, uh, Fred gets up from the table and goes outside. And I'm like, that's curious. You know, and there's... <clears throat> and I said to him when he comes back in, did you go outside there to fart? He's like, no, no. He does that, fr- you know that face he does where, you know, he's, he caught him? Yeah, face? Yeah. Yeah. And here's what he says. He goes, I just went out for a breath of fresh air. <laughs> I'm like, first of all, we're sitting in there. there they, it's not like we're, uh, it's, the, the window was open or the door was open. But he just gets up from the table, goes, cracks out a few uh, toots, and he comes back in. Well, I think that was rather considerate. Mm. Like someone goes outside for a cigarette or somebody goes out if they're, you know, in a coughing fit or something, you move away from the table. I had to trouser cough, so I went outside, and I admit it, and I thought that was being considerate. Mm-hmm. You know, as I explained to the group that I'm traveling with yesterday, I, you know, having the problem that I do is not fun. Always being gassy. It's not fun. <laughs> there's, there's pressure there. Sure, it's Some, not easy. Sometimes discomfort. You know, you have, you're constantly in a situation of, okay, where's an escape route so I don't embarrass myself? That type of thing. Oh, it's yeah, not, it's horrible. Uh, you know, you laugh and ridicule me, but it's, <laughs> it's a horrible it thing is. that's been afflicted upon me. Yeah, you should, uh, we should have a telethon for you. Right. <laughs> so, you know, when you go, go fund me, Howard. Go fund me. <laughs> <When> you, 
when you go when you go outside to uh, to relieve yourself, do you like, like then you pat your ass and sort of like get all the extra gas out of the the, the pants before you come into? Uh, not so much down here because I, I wear shorts all the time, so it's there's an easy oh. escape route. Oh yeah, right. right. Yeah. And uh, when you came back in, I can't remember what Doll said, but she acknowledged that uh, she's living with uh, someone who's got ex- extreme gas. Mm. She knows. Listen, man, I, f- I feel the same way, except, you know, in the last couple of weeks, you know, I'd love to <laughs> fart. Would love to be farting. Um, so, Dan Duran, what are your celebrations? Our last show is Thursday. We uh, missed a couple days last week. Uh, one day Fred was sick and one day we weren't sure who was going to be sick. So we apologize. I know we had said we were going to do nine shows from here, but we're going to shut it down in a couple of days. We did record some more episodes of Aging with Energy, and we're going to do a special broadcast. Uh, I've recorded an episode from both of our perspectives of being here in San Miguel. And I guess we can do that on Thursday after the show. So, Dan, our last chance to fet you on this program will be Thursday. All right. Well, we'll talk about it then. then. Well, no, I'm just going to encourage uh, our listeners who uh, love you, who uh, are big Dan Duran supporters, who, uh, by the way, just to put a pin in that for a second, Fred, you know, we've never, we never cash the, uh, excuse me, the money for uh, Clifford. It expired. Oh, really? Yeah. The uh, $75 gift from Eric in uh, Kingston. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, Maybe for Dan's birthday, we read we read all our emails on Thursday. So if you want to send Dan birthday wishes, it's humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. And that'll be Thursday's show. Uh, if you also want to send Dan some money, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine too. You know, <laughs> or Fred some money for his uh, his gassy issues. That's, that's right. Awesome. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. The GoFundMe for the Fart Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dan, yeah. Dan, do you have anything uh, significant planned for Monday, your 65th birthday? No, I'm just going to go out for dinner with uh, with Lisa. That's the plan right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple of Peterborough friends. That's kind of really all. You know, it's, I don't want to get too... I know it's a big birth date, but I, I don't have the... No, I get it. You know. So would, would, when you had a 65th, did you do a lot of... like? Was there like a... Surprise birthday and lots of balloons. No, I was the same way. I'm going to be honest. I wanted it low key. I was bugging Buddy Doug yesterday all day long. Everything we did. Let's do it for the birthday boy. (laughs) Who wants breakfast? Uh, What does the birthday boy want? And all that. He got hit by about 10 a.m. He'd had enough. (laughs) So when I so that's why was when I said, hey, put Doug on the phone. Was he like, all right, enough of the birthday boy stuff? Is that what it was? (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. He loved that. He thought that was very uh, touching that you wanted to wish him a happy birthday. <laughs> of course. Because it yeah. was genuine. Mine was just bullshit. <laughs> well, that's even funnier to me now because I did something which I thought was a kind gesture. And you're like mocking me. Hey, would you want some gift ideas for Doug? You fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Frederick. Um, so, Dan, you're like, well, listen, man, I was the same when I turned 60. I remember what I wanted was uh, I wanted to have Chinese food at my one of my favorite Chinese food restaurants. And it was just me, uh, the kids, ex-wife and uh, girlfriend at the time. See, that's the kind of thing I like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I was talking to Doll yesterday and I was saying, you know, you know, Doug's 67. She's going to be 67 in May, me in July and uh so much closer to that 
that 70 is going to be rough. When the mm. first number is a 7, the more I think about that, I'll be like, Dan, I'm going to forget how old I am next year. Mm. <laughs> that's a good I way. am. I'm really going to. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be my new thing. Ah, I'm not sure. Well, you were born. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know anymore. (laughs) I felt bad. Boys, I felt bad last week because normally I'm pretty good with this stuff. And um, I have my brother's uh, birthdays in my Google calendar. Dan, have you heard of Google? I know you're not really big on the big time. Not a big Google guy. Yeah. No, I've I've heard of Google. Yeah. So um, I was talking to Edmonton Steve, uh, messaging back and forth, and he said something about his birthday. And he's the same age as you, Frederick, uh, just turned 67, mm. Edmonton Steve, a week ago. And once you miss somebody's birthday by a week, there's not much you can do. No, other than apologize. Well, yeah, I apologize and I sent some kind of gif or jif with a dancing Mexican hat singing happy birthday or something. I thought, you know, but a week, Dan, I missed his birthday by a week. Mm. Well. You can miss mine by a week, too. That's fine. I don't care. Oh, no, Dan. No, no. no. <laughs> Thursday's oh, no. Dan birthday day. <laughs> Another thing with this 67th birthday, um, Doug having his mind coming up. Um, we were talking yesterday. The Leafs last won the Stanley Cup in 1967, and now we're going to be 67. Imagine that. Nothing in between. We were 10 years old when they won the Cup. And now here it is. We're going to be 67 years old. You know, I'm sure I've asked you this before. Uh, and, I, and I should have asked Doug the other night. But because you guys and, and Darren's also a lifelong Leaf fan. In the early days after 67, you know, Boston had a, a Boston had kind of a, a good renaissance there. Then Montreal with Dryden. And was there a point somewhere in, say, between 67 and 75 when you guys were like, you know, other teams are sort of having their chance. It'll be our turn again. Oh, yeah. You know, I look at it so many ways. I started going with Delise in 1974. That was only seven years after the Leafs won their last Stanley Cup. I look at it that way. And to me at the time, I would have thought, oh, when are the Leafs going to win the Stanley Cup again, man? It's mm-hmm. been seven years, right? right? Never having any, obviously, idea that it would be so long. Yeah. And, you know, and, and through the 70s, they had you know, some all right teams with Daryl Sittler and Lanny McDonald, Nee and Turnbull. But then Borea you know, Salming. Borea Salming. But then once sort of Ballard, Harold Ballard took hold of the club, you know, he destroyed the foundation and they've just never recovered. Not that that's an excuse. You know, those who believe in curses, you know, the sexual abuse that may have taken place in Maple Leaf Gardens. And, you know, is that tied to the curse of the Maple Leafs? And, all those things. I just write it off as horrific incompetence. Yeah, sure. And, Decades and, old. But, but my, my, I'm curious, uh, and I think it's interesting, too, because you go back to it was you were whatever years old in 1967. Now you're all turning 67. Mm-hmm. And there must have been some years there in the early stages. Like I said, you know, Boston came on in 69, 70. Then, you know, the or sort of. The Habs had a good couple of years there. And it would have just been life, like you just described. It would just be like, oh, well, you know, it's been a few years, but, you know. And, uh, and then your entire life has gone by. But remember, too, this part of it. 
when the Leafs won the Stanley Cup, there was only six teams, so he had a one in six chance. Right. The next year, the NHL became 12 teams, and you had a one in 12 chance. And I'm from, it just was disastrous from that moment on. Yeah. When their odds went longer, and then the, you know, and again, it just a combination of so many things. It's just disgusting. Has any other team, has any other team uh, not won the Cup as long as the, in 67 years? No, I think Leafs now hold the record, definitely. Wow. I remember back in 94, the New York Rangers hadn't won for 40 years and thinking, oh, that would be awful. Geez, 40 years. Wait, wait, wait a second, Dan. Are you asking the question of the original six teams or all teams or, in the NHL? All teams. All teams in the NHL. But yeah. the original six makes sense. But. Yeah, but, but not all teams in the NHL have won the Stanley Cup. No, no, but... You know, like the Buffalo Sabres and Vancouver came in in 1970 and have never won the cup. So, I mean, that's quite a drought. Right. But it's not it's not 1967. But, but of the original six teams, oh, all of no those contest. teams have won. Have, like Chicago's won. Boston has, obviously. Chicago won three in the early right. 2000 or what, 12, 13. And Dan, getting back to watching the game with these guys. So I'm with their three, you know, be Leaf fans. And it was about, I don't know. I can't remember how many minutes were left in the game. And it's, it's just, I don't know what it is with that team. You know, even a casual viewer like me, you can just see when they're about to gag it up. It's just, mm-hmm. so just describe the situation in that game. They literally just had to get the puck out of their own end and they would yeah. have won the game. Well, look at it this way. They're battling for second place with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, which is significant home ice advantage in the first round because they're playing Tampa Bay. Already decided, pretty much. So they're playing one of the worst teams in the NHL and the Ottawa Senators. They're up 4-2 in the third period. It's two points you want to put to bed. Well, they just can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's 4-3, and then Ottawa scores, and the goal is disallowed to tie it. And then, you know, that's not good enough for the Leafs. They can't take that good fortune. <laughs> no, with, exactly. With, with, with 10 seconds to go, they cough up the tying goal. And as we explained to you, Howard, it's like they got six players at the deadline. They've really had no impact whatsoever. The one guy, Ryan O'Reilly, has been injured, broke his finger, of course. That had to happen. Um They've really had no impact. And what bugs me, it's not so much the new guys haven't helped the team. It's that the existing guys didn't take that as incentive from management. Like, here, guys, we're doing this for you to put us over the top, to give us a push for the playoffs. It's just there's nothing there. And when I look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, as I said to you Saturday night, if anybody thinks this team, as it is, can go through four rounds of playoffs, they're just dreaming. Yeah, They're just dreaming. Um, That team... Could, could can't do that. So what happens is they, they gag up the puck, they tie it up, it goes to overtime, and then it goes to nine rounds of a shootout where after all of that, they finally get the extra point because once it, in the NHL now, they tie, everyone gets a point. So they do yeah. the sh- all that, all that, uh, that I just described was just to get an extra point. You know what I've just realized, gentlemen? Well, We're so out of practice doing this show that we forgot to start it. Oh, right. This episode of Hubble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Hubble and Fred studio in Toronto and from our dual satellite studios in San Miguel de Allende and is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. 
And now here are two men who travel to San Miguel de Allende to get sick with energy. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, even a casual observer like myself at one point. I, I Not that I predicted the goal, but uh, I was sort of sitting there watching it, and they, they couldn't get it out of their own end, and I went, well, there you go. And boom, they score. Because yeah. they just look, they just look disorganized when it counts. Well, you know, chemistry is a big thing in sports, and they're still off the mark with that because the team has no, there's no urgency with that team. There's no, I don't know, there doesn't seem to be enough passion there. Camp, well. It's I frustrating thought, for a Leaf fan. I kind of thought you swore off the team. Didn't you, like, a year or two ago, just say you're not going to bother with it anymore? Or do you, yeah. yeah I, I, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you were drawn back in by... Well, the Doug's down here, and they made those trades, and you check it out and stuff. But, I, yeah, I, you know, I don't... I certainly don't have the passion that I used to. And uh, heading into the playoffs, I feel not inspired one little bit. So once the Jays start, it'll be the same old thing. Um, before we let be you go, secondary. Dan. Uh, yeah, and listen, it was inter- I find it fascinating tuning in the odd time, and I can't wait to watch them uh, when they make the playoffs. Uh, I'll watch every game of their first round, and that'll be the end of my, my Leaf watching season. Hockey season's over. Hockey season's over. It's great. Um, I wanted to mention before you go that, uh, excuse me, I'm waiting for whatever it is. Oh no. I just thought I heard some, uh, I just thought I heard something. Okay. Yeah. Something. Um, our guest today will be, uh, Lumby making his, uh, monthly appearance from, uh, France. Lumby, uh, Jeff and Julie go to France during a global pandemic. That's the podcast that's produced by humble and Fred industries. And, uh, you know, one of the great things about when you travel, you're exposed to different things. Fred was describing being in the Centro yesterday. It's uh, Fernando Baptiste Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, on Sunday, I got to go to this thing. Darren and I went with Bill, our, our dear friend Bill, and his wife Ronnie and some friends to this thing called Zendunga, Dan. And it's out in the country, a couple hundred people. And the it's food, and, and then the music is provided by, I wish I could remember the man's name, but he's a world-class guitar player. He's played, you know, he's not only one of the best players in, in Mexico of a certain type of music, but he's played in at Carnegie Hall, like next month he's going to New York to play. And so it's a rare chance to see somebody of that caliber and musicians that were amazing. You know, it wasn't just some Sunday jam at the local pub, it was quite something. And uh, but at, on the surface, it wasn't kind of the, I don't know, not the kind of thing that I sort of vibe with. It's like, you know, day drinking, you know, dancing in the in, in the day, you know, a bunch of people. But something came over me, Fred, and uh, I don't know. I, I just I was inspired. I was inspired. Well, I got up and I did a little dancing. You did not. Oh yeah. You did? <laughs> See, I've been saving this moment till now to send you the picture. Who did you dance with? Darren? Uh, no, no. Darren was too ill. Um, no. <laughs> it was, uh, I danced with Bill's wife, Ronnie. And okay. uh, that was just, you know, just uh, I went up once. Because, you know, every, here's the thing. I wanted mm. to be, and I was the first one. I said to Ronnie, come on, Ronnie. Let's try this. And everyone was surprised. And then Bill got up. And then other buddy got up. And everyone got up. And it was fun. But I specifically didn't send this to you because I thought, oh, I'll just wait and see what he thinks of it. So I'm sending this to your WhatsApp right now. 
When's the last time you danced? I can't remember. Sober? Like sober dancing? I, I don't remember. Well, by the book, he has never danced. <laughs> well, wait till you wait till you see this. That doesn't qualify. <laughs> wait till you see this thing. Have a All look. Right. Have a look. Kind of look like Elaine with a fucking hat on. Okay, here we go. Right. <laughs> Jeez. I know it's quite something. That is something. Right. Yeah, you got some. Got some real moves. You know, it takes a lot, man. Like you think about it. You're sure once you get half cut in the afternoon, you could probably dance it up. But I'm like stone cold sober. It's light out. But the music, I just thought, you know what the hell? I'll do it. Oh, I'm looking at your face. Is this I'm seriously trying to dance normally or I've got my I'm going to fuck around here a little bit of both and and dick around dance. Yes, it was a little bit of dicking around dance dance face. Okay. And so, and yeah, what style of dancing to that music? It's not my favorite genre of music. You know, um, I don't know. There were some people who were really dancing to it. They were doing a lot of that, mm-hmm. you know, Mexican dancing, which was cool. But I know what you mean. I mean, like, I, I'll try, I would describe it like very much like Santana, Oyo Como yes. Va, that type of thing. And it's, but mm-hmm. what, what I would say, because you, you told me that before, it's not exactly your style and maybe not mine either. But when you see it live, mm-hmm. when it's done like, exceptionally well it was pretty good and we stayed almost to the very end so you know what oh, i eventually live music yeah nothing like live music but it was a big band though right big or band just, uh, and, and once oh, okay. so it starts off with four and then by the time it's over they've got like 10 people on stage and there's an oh, area dan you would have loved this at some point fred i left the covered part and i just went and sat out in the sun and watched it mm-hmm. from like you can man it was yeah. great and the food was great. Um, you know, for, it stayed in my stomach for at least 12 or 15 hours before I... <laughs> before you expelled? Spelled it. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yes, I thought you'd enjoy that. Well, yeah, I back in 2017, I went to that event with Billy, and uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, we didn't go this time. Uh, maybe next time. Who knows? Well, Dan, uh, we're going to miss you for the news. I know you got a lot of stuff to do, but uh, thanks for your service to this program. Uh, we all thank you. And again, Dan's birthday show uh, Thursday, if you want to wish him well. Or, you know, let's say, um, well, I actually I had a story about, I'll do, maybe we'll save this for tomorrow. It's an interesting story about what happens to your, we talked about Dan's pet obviously passing away. But there's a, there's a service apparently that if you die, can take care of your animals oh really maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow yeah okay and uh what i was going to say if you didn't give uh dan any money for clifford maybe give him some for his old age (laughs) yeah right you know very nice thank you come on we're all on a budget now and uh dan we thank you again my friend all right okay see you guys tomorrow okay see you dan see you dan it's dan um for his birthday, I'm going to prepare a list of all the things he now qualifies to get for free as a senior. That's great. Yeah. You should always have a list because then, you know, you turn 65 and you buy something. You think, oh, I could have got the seniors discount if I told them or, oh, I didn't know I had to pay for that now. You know. <laughs> well, you know, my scam, I've been trying to get the seniors discount at um I'm trying to play, you know, it's funny. I was trying to play Neil Young on Spotify while you guys were talking. And the, but I remember he's got none of his stuff on Spotify. Yeah. 
So I had to go to YouTube to get a version of this. And, of course, there we go. Um, I, I do the old guy scam at uh, the movie theaters. I've been doing it for years. Yeah, works well. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Here's uh, Neil Young singing this song from a uh, BBC man, special. My life. I'm a lot like you and he's probably in his early 20s at the time. Man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you This is uh, maybe a good time for a segue. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the U2 special, I did. Sort of Homecoming, with uh, David Letterman? I watched it last night. Unbelievable. Before we get into it, why don't you uh, quickly do uh, a little thing for uh, our supporters? And then I, I had written it down. And I, uh, we all, all of us have had the same experience with that thing. Couldn't stop watching it. Okay, everybody, welcome back, uh, Bo Dog. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bo Dog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment, from their industry leading odds, world class sports book, and feature rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Uh, speaking of the Leafers, they're on the island tonight against the Islanders. Leafs, the favorite. Uh, minus 125, the over-under on that game is six. Those odds provided by Bodog. Let me uh, just uh, get to uh, something else here before we start talking about you two. <sighs> um, I apologize, I should have had this ready, but I had shut my computer down. Um... This is, uh, you know, this is no good. Do you need my help here? Well, I know, but I need to open up um, these documents, and now uh, they're not open. Mm -hmm. Right. I see what you're saying. Should I do another one of mine? Uh, No, no, no. You know, let me just do this. All right. Okay. I just need to get something open, and everything will be fine. Yeah, it's funny. uh, I was talking to our friend Darren uh, is the one that, he watched this U2 uh, Letterman thing first and then sat and watched it again with me um, last night. And then, descri- as, and then as I was going to bed, he described your, your, the same thing that happened to you, mm-hmm. which is, as I just said a second ago, once you start watching it, you can't turn it off. Okay, I did find what I was looking for. Unearthing value, Fred, an emerging international junior mining and exploration company. Now known as Boron One, Aaron Ventures is engaged in the acquisition, exploration, and development of resource properties. Aaron Ventures' strategy is to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada and various regions internationally. The company's objective is to increase its mineral reserves by developing current properties and through the acquisition of additional mining projects. Even though they've changed their name, you can still find out more at Aaron Ventures. Dot com. All right. So I can't, we were trying to figure out, how did you hear about this? From Darren? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Because it's been yes, released, it's a movie actually, it's, a, not a, it's kind of a documentary, music special. Uh, why don't you describe it? Uh, well, it's, it's called a sort of a homecoming. And uh, U2 goes into like a Massey Hall sort of venue. 
in front of, uh, you know, a small audience and rework some of their songs with, you know, strings and just a different presentation of some of their biggest hits. And uh, as a gesture to David Letterman having him uh, for having uh, them on his show way back when, they decided he would be a good host for it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just him hosting the actual show in the hall. It was Letterman going around Dublin, Ireland and doing neat little bits and then going in the pub one night with Bono and the Edge to, uh, you know, a typical Irish pub where everybody's singing and playing. Imagine that being in a pub one night and all of a sudden you hear this voice and it's Bono just sitting at the table having a Guinness and mm-hmm. singing, singing one of his hits. While everybody else plays the music, I mean, it was just something. It it was one of those things where it sort of sent uh, shivers up your spine. And uh, Letterman was, you know, David Letterman, and it was just warm and wonderful, is how I would describe it. Yeah, you know, there's been some Letterman stuff that I haven't loved, which is weird because I love Letterman. Um, you know what you should go and see, by the way, is Letterman was on Kimmel recently promoting this. Oh, what's and it? it's just oh. great. It reminded me so much of when Letterman used to go on Carson, and uh, or it, it was just cool. And it's a pretty long appearance; it's about eighteen minutes. But um, Letterman is just so good in this genre. It's just him walking around Dublin, doing that sort of Dave on the street character. But you can also see, you know, he's a great interviewer. He gets a lot out of those two guys. Yeah, I was online reading some stuff about it, and uh, there was some criticism, right, of his... They thought he was a little too off the wall or a little bizarre or a little um, disjointed for the overall thing. But then you look at the sources, and it's like stuffy publications. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you know, look, just look at the source. And then I, I look at that, and I think, well, you know, they sort of missed the point. You know, it's David Letterman. It's you too. It's like... I thought it was presented perfectly. I don't know what anyone would else. What else would you expect? Exactly. From that combination. Yeah. I, I, getting back to what you were saying about the origin of this, it's you know when, when I guess Derek first told me about it, I thought that's interesting, and it, it seemed odd or oddly, um, you know, where those two people would come together and why would they choose Letterman? But in the end. For what they wanted to do, which was, it's, it's not the whole band. So it's just Bono and the Edge, uh, go back to their roots and, and reconfigure some of these songs. And, and Darren was saying last night that apparently they're releasing these. Um, maybe they're available now. Oh, I do believe on Spotify. Yeah. And they, were, they released that book, Surrender or whatever. And um, I think it's under that. Uh, if you go to... Spotify right now, those songs. But there. but I was going to say, it's not so goofy. I mean, Letterman does the material respectfully. He, he does his, his stuff on the street by himself the way he always does, sort of goofy and lopsided and kidding around with people. But when, it, when they talk about the origin of the band against the weird Protestant Catholic troubles of the late seventies and the eighties. And, and then, you know, while you really do get a perspective on what life was like in Dublin in those days and how that informed how the band was formed. 
And um, there were some amazing moments when when the edge was talking about his sort of crisis of confidence for those couple of weeks when he wasn't sure if he wanted to head down a road of serving religion. And then the song that uh, came to him was uh, was it where the streets have no name or um, no Sunday Sunday bloody and he just starts playing it on the guitar. And you, you yeah, you want to talk about, you know, uh, getting chills. It was amazing. Well, so much fate. Bono gets kicked out of a school and ends up at another one. If he had never got kicked out of school, he would have never met the edge. Right. That stuff gets me. And something else, too, you talk about. And another thing, I honestly, you know, I'm not one of these guys that does deep dives into bands, what they're all about, their history and all that. Generally, I don't do that. Um, like other fans do. I wasn't aware that Edge was uh, was the prolific writer that he is. I'll, I'll be honest. Same with I, me. I didn't. I know. And and to think that guy at 21 just turned 21 when he writes Sunday Bloody Sunday. It's something you and I have talked about for years. How these young minds that have hardly lived a life yet come up with these anthems, so to speak. You know, I'm it's glad you brought that up because, you know, all the years, I, I, people assume because... Maybe me more than you, because I was a disc jockey that somehow I did deep dives in all this music, but I was a disc jockey just to, so in between the songs, I could make fart jokes with you. But, but that surprised me too. I had no idea that he was the one that wrote that song. I had no idea he was, and it's an interesting point too. And I'm sort of, sorry, at one point in the concert, Bono turns to the edge and thanks him in a very sweet, sincere Way and, he, and what he says is what we're saying. He said, this guy could have produced, written, and sung all these songs without me. And I thought, wow, you know, until this moment, I didn't realize, that, as like you, that he was the prolific songwriter. And what's another interesting part, you say sung them, not the same way Bono sings them. And it's like he wrote for Bono's voice. Yes, of course. Ah, like stuck in a moment is one of my favorite rock songs, maybe of all time. You know, it would it would make my top twenty list. Yeah, for sure. And he wrote that. I never would have thought Edge wrote that song. And then when he's actually singing it, again, shivers up my spine, thinking, "Wow, he wrote that." Now he's singing that song because he wrote it. But you know, commercially, it's Bono. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, that, there's, there's so much of that stuff in it that, again, I, I never was a deep dive guy either. I couldn't have told you much about U2 beyond all the songs I like. And they did a couple of... Re- the, the one song that they did differently that I didn't like as much as the original was one. Yeah, that's Doll's favorite. Well, it might be her favorite song of all time. You know what I mean? I liked it. It just was like too different for me to kind of get the i mean at some point anyway you'll have to watch this everybody before we get to jeff here i would tell you one thing though so like i said to darren after darren so i think i'm gonna watch that you two thing tonight he says well i'll watch it again with you so Mm -hmm. he sits and watches it with me and then it's like i thought i was gonna watch like maybe half then go to bed and i ended up watching it all the way through and he said the same thing happened to you well look at me i i Doug and I, uh, Buddy Doug and I, got our asses kicked by our wives in Euchre. It was 11.30, and I still sort of felt awake, and I thought, ah, oh, I'm going to watch the U2 thing and see how long I can last. <laughs> right. 
And so I started watching at 1130, which is odd for me. And I watched the whole thing sitting straight up, totally concentrating until one o'clock when it was over. That's how much I loved it. It takes a lot. <laughs> Same with me. me. Awake at, at that time and night watching TV. Well, well that's what I was going to say. I, I literally was like, I'll watch an hour of it, half an hour of it. And at some point I went over to see how much was left and I'd watched almost the entire thing. You know, I wonder if Jeff has the same experience. Jeff Lumby, our friend, you know, there's this assumption with disc jockeys that we know everything about music. (laughs) When one of the things we sort of knew was how long the song was, what was the intro, and what we were going to say when it was over mattered more to us in a lot of cases than, than the music we were playing, to be honest. Well, it's it's funny. How many times did you get the uh, the question? So, do you get to pick your own songs? Oh, it yeah. was the least of our concerns because we yeah. were dealing with what was in between the songs. And, and by the way, that wasn't for everyone, but it was kind of like our style of radio, Jeff and myself and Fred. That you know, I, I liked hitting posts and everything when I was younger, but I wasn't one of those guys like Alan Cross that went into a deep, you know, thorough, does you know, research on every band we played. Yeah. Are you a U2 fan, Lumby? Am I a what? A U2 fan. Not really. I, I, I like about four of their songs, uh, but I'm, I'm, I wouldn't consider myself a U2 fan like I'm a Steely Dan fan. But, I mean, I like Sunday, Bloody Sunday, uh, you know, Beautiful Day. They're, they're, I'll tell you what. I, I, I'll tell you what. I, I'm sorry. One of the main reasons is, um, like, the rhythm section, I find, is just, like, the bass and drums, I just find incredibly boring about the band. And so, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's from kind of a musician right. standpoint. I'll tell you one thing. You, if you, I know you're a Letterman fan. If you get a chance to watch this special we've been talking about, it's interesting. It's very interesting. What's uh, Sorry, I just... I just What's it called? In. It's called a sort of a homecoming. And Letterman goes to Dublin and hangs out with Bono on the edge for an hour and a half. It's pretty good. Okay. Disney Plus, yeah. of all places, which I, yeah. I found a bit odd, too. I, I think I just canceled mm-hmm. Disney Plus. I I, I, uh, I I picked it up when with the Beatles thing. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Beatles thing was on Disney Plus, And then I looked at their, you know, I looked at their menu and went, there's nothing here for me and ended up kind of canceling it. Um, but uh, OK, I'll, I'll, I'll give it. I mean, I, I don't dislike you two. Put it that way. No, I hear you, man. Yeah. Yeah, listen, it's so subjective. I mean, for yeah. a while, they were the biggest rock band in the world. I probably for over a decade, right, or more, or whatever. Might still be in some circles, but it's all how you hear it, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when they got into the With or Without You, with the do, 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 I just, I couldn't. So, there you go. You know, it's funny you mentioned Celie Dan because... You know, when we were all younger, it was almost like we all grew into Steely Dan. Like, I really didn't like him when I was a kid. And then in my late teens, early 20s, I started to like him around 1980 when Gaucho came out. And then kind of grown with him all these years later. And now the entire, it's so funny to see the the fan base of Steely Dan. It's just all white guys our age. Yeah, no, exactly. But they, but that said, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think I'd be criticized for my taste in music. It goes all over the map. Like, I love the Allman Brothers, you know, mm. like there, it goes everywhere. So, uh, you know, I, I and I think that's that's if, if you were to go, you know, back in the day when everybody had records, you know, when you go through the average person's record collection, it's going to go everywhere from Saturday Night Fever to uh Miles Davis yeah. mm-hmm. to, to Motorhead. Well, you especially, I don't know. yeah. You know, that, so. that, 
Yeah, isn't that interesting? Again, the way you hear stuff, like something like the Allman Brothers, to me, it's just something coming out of a speaker over there that, like, yeah. flat as a pancake. To me, you know, mm-hmm. it's weird. And yet, you know, it's funny, Jeff, because our access, you know, you talked about having records. You know, if you had people over for dinner, you would have to get up and say, does anyone like to hear this album? So I'm at Fred's place <laughs> on Saturday night, and we were just, you know, just sort of pleasant music playing in the background. And it was everything. It was some big band music. Yeah. Describe that stuff that you were playing there, Freddie. Some because it was just. Re- and, and but the point I'm trying to make: you could put anything on in the world just by a click of your of your phone. Well, you know how Spotify works, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it sort of latches on to what you like. So I just, you know, through however that works, just put on my sort of chill uh, yeah. uh, playlist. playlist. Yeah, yeah. And it grabs all the stuff um, that I like, plus stuff stuff that sounds like what I like. Exactly, I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I that. told I told Howard too. You know, I was a big Jackie Gleason fan. Love the Honeymooners and everything. And then I'm reading about him one day, and his how he got into. Obviously, he wasn't um, a musician or a, like a conductor or whatever. But he loved music, and he worked with his band, his thoughts and feelings for music. And then they came out with the Jackie Gleason collection. And some nights I just lay in bed, and to go to sleep, no vocals, right? It's just music. And I just love the feel of his music that he sort of created through his band leader. Yeah. Check that. And and there were some of those on there as well, Howard, because it knows I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that was cool. That's the beauty of of Spotify and iTunes Mm -hmm. is it is uh is through that that system it will go and grab stuff and you go wow i love that i've never heard that before and then now that becomes a new mm-hmm. favorite song or whatever so is I, there, I do love that is there any better deal in the history of the world than spotify 10 bucks a month for every not not for yet. the musicians but anyway no i know <laughs> that's right other other <laughs> than I that one of, I one of those i don't give a shit um <laughs> but in terms of use yeah i would say you know we're we're entering into this world of you know, people being nervous about the oncoming onslaught of AI technology. But what you, were, what you guys are describing is AI technology. It's mm-hmm. predict. It's it's knowing that you and I like Michael McDonald and if, or my or, or Steely Dan, and all of a sudden in a Steely Dan playlist, Michael McDonald shows up, Kenny Loggins shows up, songs that yeah. sound like the songs that you like, and we're okay with it. Um, yeah, you're right, Jeff. Well, for, we're okay. We're, we're okay with it until AI is playing. The part of Kenny Loggins. Then, then no, exactly. No, no fun. But no, and, yes. and, and I was going to say, Jeff Scott, it's a great point you make about Spotify's not been great for music for musicians, other than giving musicians massive exposure. Oh um, yeah, but that for, you know, I'm sorry, Howard, but the, the musicians have long been hearing, yeah. "Hey, why don't you come to play at the play at the club for exposure?" No, no, you know? I know, but I was going to make my let me finish the point I was going to make, which is just yes. So they've traded they've traded. Money for music being played for to now it's bad. The model is all live music for them. That's how they're making their money. Because in the olden days, they just did live music to support the, the music being played on the radio. That was the model. So that's what's changed. What if this model had been around for the Beatles because they refused to play live anymore? Mm, no, exactly. Wouldn't they have been in a pickle? Or we would have seen a lot of live performances. Well, and Steely mm. Dan didn't didn't start playing live till I think it was the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> they mm-hmm. didn't play live at all. Well, they stopped playing live sort of in the early 70s when they were sort of like, we can't recreate this music on stage. Right. Yeah. 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 
So uh, Jeff and Julie moved to France in the uh, in the middle of a global pandemic. That's the uh, podcast I mentioned that Jeff, of course, does and has been producing now for several years. I was talking about you with somebody, and I said, you know, Lumby, I'm trying to remember what year he. It's now we're getting so old. I can't remember what year you moved there. I know you. Oh, inv- uh, well, officially we we landed here with the dogs in October of 2020. But, but you we, invested. We, you were there in 19, were you not? Yeah, well, we we made the offer on the house in 19 and it closed in January of 20. Mm. And uh, uh, yeah, so so and then we started. the. We've only been doing the podcast just over a year, but we've got 60 plus episodes. Nice chapters, you know. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, but uh, the next one, uh, if, if we get around to making it, uh, it's been a tough couple of weeks here, but um, uh, we'll be about how. France is one of the most unhappy countries in the world. Talk to and, us. Uh, why is that? Well, no, no, it's it just uh, why is it? Uh, they just really make it difficult to exist here. They really do. The government and and it's just a very, very difficult, harsh place. Uh, you know, and it's funny because the facade of it all is, you know, berets and baguettes and <laughs> joie de vivre and, you know. But the underbelly of it is that it is a very difficult place to earn money. Most people here are not doing that well. The government just takes and takes and takes. It's unbelievable. Like, okay, here's the in our last podcast, we were talking about this. They, they, they have a new they have a new sticker definition for your car and it represents the um, exhaust of your car. OK, and. The stickers just go from one to six, and it's not much. Of course, there's always a, a, a money component, and it's not a lot of money, but you have to have this sticker on your car uh, amongst all the other stickers that they have you put, like your insurance and, and, and everything, on your front windshield. It's hardly a place to see anymore. And, that, <laughs> and, and then each, like Toulouse and Bordeaux, they all have a set of criteria where – Certain numbers can't drive in the city at certain times, and you have to know. Okay, I'm I'm number four. Oh wait, I can't I can't drive in in Lyon between four and six. Come on, it's mind numbing, and this is just one of many, many, many things. And of course, you have to buy the sticker. You have to put it on your car. Uh, okay, well, it, 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 go ahead, Fred. But I was going to say, so you're saying that, that there's a, an exhaust. There's a component to the amount of exhaust your car produces, and mm-hmm. if it's the wrong number in a certain city at the wrong time, somebody knows that. Somebody, if you got pulled over and you were a four, and fours were banned between four <laughs> and six, and it was five thirty, you'd get a massive fine. Like it's just it's just a money grab, and then and then so is our residency, our residency. So you can't apply for uh, a longer term residency like a 10 year residency uh uh for 10 years and every year it's 225 euros per person to reapply and it's just you know it's just basically a rubber stamp um it's you know it's like we're not terrorists or anything like that uh and and once you've been uh allowed in for the first year why would they turn you away all of a sudden if you're retired so it's just another collection of money and it's just it's on and on and on and and um i I remember when bob ray tried this in ontario 
Do you remember this when Bob Ray charged taxes for employers to hire more people? Do you remember that? There was an employer tax, mm. employee tax. Anyway, th- this is alive a and well in France. And wow. so, so small business who want to expand, do better, hire more people, take more people off the dole, get dinged for uh, an, em- an employee tax. Th- these are the type of sort of regressive... Um, and it just makes it that doesn't affect us, but lots of other things do. And it just takes right. it. Well, I'm a little bewildered here. I saw the list you were referring to the happiest countries in the world. Once again, Finland is at the top of the list. Yeah. You mm-hmm. may have noticed uh, Canada checks in at number 13. I think last year we were like 11 or something, of course, ahead of the United States, which is like 17 or something. Of course, an American would look at that list. And that can be right. We're the happiest people mm-hmm. on Earth. And France but got I'm kicked disapp- out of the top 20 yeah so i'm just part of the reason you left canada was canada was bureaucracy and 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 schmoozing oh, uh, with socialism wasn't it uh, that was that, that was very distant from the weather very distant from the weather oh okay it was the weather yeah. all right um no it just seems uh tragic that uh, you've left one of the happiest countries in the world for one of the unhappiest that's all yeah i know it's funny mm. that there, there are different there are different uh, sets of priorities that 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 sort of took place with us. I mean, that four hundred one can eat me. Uh, I just, uh, I, you know, that that was no seriously. Mm-hmm. That, no, that, I get that it. was that was absolutely uh, stress making. And going in and out of Toronto, that, that was enough of that. Um, uh, so and, it's and, funny. I got that list independent. Did you send it to us? No. Oh, it's funny. What, where did you, Freddie? What are you referring to that list? Because I got it on uh, from CNN. Uh, I don't know. I just was oh, okay. reading stuff the other day, and I saw the, the 2023 list of happiest countries in the world. Yeah, number one on that list um, is Finland, again. Yeah. The, in fact, the, the top four or five countries, Finland, Denmark, Iceland, Israel, Netherlands, Sweden, Norway, Switzerland, Luxembourg, New Zealand, the top ten, they haven't changed very much. And yeah. it's interesting because the top three or four are very sort of socialist taking care of everybody kind of countries. I wonder what that says about that. I mean, in, in the article, they say it turns out that taking care of each other actually makes people feel good. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I, I, I think there there's a limit and there's also methodology that goes with it. And there are various, you know, uh, machinations of, of socialism. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, I, like if you talk to the people around here, it's just very difficult to to do well. Mm. And and they've the, the government has removed all incentives to do well because it's hyper socialized to the point where you're more encouraged not to work than you are to work. And then that takes purpose out of your life. And then all of a sudden you just, you know, you just don't, you you just don't feel like you're a contributing purposeful member of society. And I think um, that is, and then it's just also just very difficult here uh, to to make, to make money, period. Uh, The government is just in your face all the time. So I'm not sure if that's the case in Finland and Norway. I'm not sure if that's the sort of model of socialism Mm -hmm. that they subscribe to. So you're basically retired. Obviously, you're living off money that you earned in Canada. Can they get their hands on that at all? Like, oh no, what? it's uh, no, no. They've they've got they've got their full hands on all of our money. And and as as would mm-hmm. as would the United States when you when you move to another country, 
they uh, demand to know your complete global self worth hmm. and have hmm. and have their paws into it the, from pretty much the second you arrive. I don't even wow. file taxes in Canada anymore. Really? Uh, no, no. All the taxes oh. I file are here. However, when I take money out of Canada, like if it's in the form of an RSP, there's a 25% Canadian withholding tax before they get a hold of it here. Uh, but the, 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 the benefit from uh, this is all technical stuff, but, uh, but the benefit here is they don't take, uh, tax from our, our RSPs, which is, a miracle, uh, but they do take a they do take uh, quite a chunk out of uh, if we were to take a dividend from a company, mm-hmm. Canada would take their fifteen percent, and then they would take their seventeen percent social contribution tax here in France. Just a couple things, Jeff. You know, not everyone here in Canada files taxes, but that's another story. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, uh, France has been in the news speaking of retirement uh, because oh. of. Uh, their president trying to increase the retirement age from 62 to 64. People are losing their minds. Yeah, we don't understand this. I mean, I'm not uh, the biggest Macron fan, but on this issue, I mean, come on. The, the, the current retirement age here is 62. It's 67 in Greece and 65 in most countries and they're only asking for it to, because they, it's unsustainable with mm-hmm. you know with boomers and everything it's unsustainable so they're you know and especially with the social programs that they have here um and 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 how many government employees they have here but so uh, the, all he's asking is to move it to 64 and they've gone out of their minds and this is one problem that i have with uh with what the unions are doing you know Forget about the democratically elected Macron. Now they're trying to, you know, uh, take the country hostage by with garbage strikes. Paris is just an absolute melt zone right now. Garbage everywhere. Um, And I just I don't get that sort of thing Mm -hmm. because, you know, he was a democratically elected president just last year. And uh, the unions are holding the country hostage. Well, is he what? What type? Uh, what type of government is he? Is that uh, conservative, liberal? Uh, like uh, uh, he's the left of center, I'd say. Okay, left All of right. center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is traditionally where they are, right? Mm-hmm. France. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know well, when when yeah. when you first uh, told me, uh, I think I was one of the first people you told that you were going to leave the country, and we kept it kind of on the down low for some different reasons, business wise, for a while. Um, I just thought it was great. You know, I'm, you know, I love you like a brother. And I thought, man, this is what an adventure this is going to be. And uh, good on him. But now, three or four years later, and it's going to be sort of a two and a two part ish question. Knowing what you know now, um, what are your thoughts? And secondly, how could you have known any of these things? And there's so many things that have come up. It would be impossible to experience without actually being there. Well, yeah. And, you know, you, you know, my very intelligent wife kicks herself for not knowing some of these things. And I just go, sweetie, look, it, it, it's impossible. Just as you just said, it's impossible to know all of the roadblocks, all of the hurdles. It's absolutely impossible. We did our best. And, uh, you know, could we have been more well-informed? Well, yeah, but I mean, that's going to go. You're going to find surprises about uh, with a move like this. You're going to find surprises wherever you go, you know, and and um uh, for, for me, I, I still have the charm of the place, which I like, but it is 
you know, uh, there are a few uh, issues that we've encountered lately that are just like, wow, we did not sign up for Didn't this. Didn't see that coming, yeah. It, will they be ongoing or will there be, because again, you've been there a relatively short time, that the dust will settle. And even though maybe they're taking a little more than you would like them to, the lifestyle and your home and everything the dust will settle and it'll be like, oh, okay, we're through all that. Or is it this ongoing shit? That is a perfect question because that's exactly what I've been, you know, kind of, that's my sales pitch Mm -hmm. because I think, I think if it were easy, Julie would back in Canada in a heartbeat um, right now. Uh, But you know, it's, uh, we've kind of made our bed here, but that's my pitch. And, and uh, you know, we've already solved so many issues, you know, Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, it's by the banks and doctors and residency and health cards and all that stuff's behind us. Right. So we're all good there. And uh, it's just uh, we just want to sort of be issue free and be able to roam around the country and and uh, duck over to Italy if we want. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I, you know, we still can do that. It's just mm-hmm. that there have just been a, you know, just a few little roadblocks that we didn't anticipate. But yeah, to your point, I think, I think that is. And, and it's funny because when you read forums about people who move to France, mm-hmm. most of them say you got to give it two years. You got to give it two years and then things start to, as you say, sure. to settle down, you know, mm-hmm. and we're not at the we're not at the. Uh, oh, yeah, we are at the two year mark. OK, <laughs> well, I can but tell that you is a, real, that really isn't that long. No, when you think about it. And, yeah. and you and you should be proud of the fact that you've solved a, mm-hmm. a ton of issues there that, uh, you know, not everyone could do. And especially having Julie, who speaks French and you learning French and having experienced the countryside there. It's I know we're talking about all the negatives, but there's so many positives to living there. And listen, if you want to hear more about Jeff and Julie moving to France during a global pandemic, it really was uh, crazy at the beginning. But have a listen now. The next episode is it's every Friday, I believe. Is it not? Yeah, you got it, man. Every right. Friday. Yep. Uh, well, you and I well ca- let's you and I catch up uh, this weekend. Okay. Okay, buddy. Yep. Yeah. Good seeing you, boys. Take care, okay, my friend. Jeff. Good to All see right. you, pal. Take All it right. easy. You yeah, know, you here's the thing about Lumbee. If it was easy, everyone would do it. But that's why most people don't do nothing. Because it isn't right. easy. You know, it's that's easy. Right. I, I, listen, I'm going to go to Palm Springs, and then I'll see you at 4.30. <laughs> if Lumbee wanted to do that, he could do it. But he didn't. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, pal. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. See you later. Um, our travel show, we, uh, we have a thing called Aging with Energy. And it's brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa and the Chamber Plan, who also support this program. Oh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group insurance plan for small business. Go to chamberplan.ca today. Get a free quote right there, the badge. It says, get a free quote. You'll get an idea of what it will cost you to be part of this. Again, remember what's happening here. It's the Chambers of Commerce. So all these small businesses get together, all of a sudden it has the image of a large company and what does that mean they can go out and purchase insurances uh, that make sense for you as a small business what it costs the premiums i'm talking about and they've done a great job of holding the line on premiums over the past few years very important for a small company you know planning your uh, year ahead uh, so again give it uh, give it a chance uh, investigate if you'd like to give your employees a benefits package it's all there dental and prescriptions and therapies and mental health and HR chambers of commerce group insurance plans.
Mm-hmm. Very well said. Uh, this program brought to you by GoDaddy. GoDaddy. Powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. There's no better time than now to get you and your ideas online. You can find your domain today. Create your website today and bring it, bring it to life today. <laughs> Sorry, I got in a roll. Uh, with GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 support on the phone. They talk to you, Frederick, on the phone. Mm-hmm. You can even start your website for free. We all love free. With GoDaddy, you can try it out. No credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. I say this to you with all sincerity. This is the time to do it. They, and these are the people to do it with. Visit mm-hmm. GoDaddy.ca to learn more. I can't remember uh, if you and I talked about this last week because that was a long time ago. Have you, uh, you saw the rock thing? We talked about the rock thing, right? What rock thing? The Chris Rock thing. Oh, Chris Rock, yes. Yeah, we talked mm-hmm. about it. Um, mm-hmm. Reaction mostly pretty good. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there was some backlash. I saw somebody on CNN, a woman saying, you know, <laughs> Chris Rock deserved to be slapped. So there's that. What? Yes, yes. Yeah, I know. Well, there's, you know, that's what makes the world go yeah. around, right? And I'm not, I don't have that audio, but I do have some audio mm-hmm. from one of Chris's friends, um, the Sandman, and uh, mm-hmm. what did the Sand? Oh God, hang on a second. Here we go. Adam Sandler was asked what he thought. Hold on, I have too many things open, um, and I have to shut this down. I know. If I had a mouse, okay. So if here's, I only had a mouse. Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler uh, was asked uh, at some function recently what he thinks of his best friends or one of his dear friends' specials. Adam, what did you think of uh, Chris Rock's Netflix special? Amazing. Do you think, do you think he uh, went too far with the Will Smith jokes? I, don't know what, no, I never, never thought that in my life. I thought he was unbelievably relaxed, funny, thought, thoughtful, crushed it, was real to himself. And it was as exciting to watch as it, it, when the Super Bowl's on. I, 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 I thought about it all weekend. All right, Rock's doing his thing tonight. Sat, watched him in my kitchen, laughed my ass off, immediately watched it right after. It was one of the best experiences. I, I thought it was amazing. He's such a good guy, huh? Adam Sandler. And he just got the Mark Twain Award? Yeah. How's that? Hmm. Yeah. Bunny, you know, uh, early on, how we, uh, a lot of us, a lot of people mocked Adam Sandler, you know, thought he was funny on Saturday Night Live. Yes. But uh, then he goes off and does all those goofy movies and, and, you know, and then, but somehow somewhere along the way, I guess you do enough work, whether it's, um, you know, what's the golf movie he did? Um, Caddyshack? Ca- no. No. Um, no the, yeah. Not Caddyshack. Uh, whatchamacallit. The. Uh, I know, I know what you're talking about. You did all, yeah. I never, and everyone listening knows what I was. It was the talking. one with Bob Barker. Yeah, Darren, what's the Adam Sandler movie? Golf movie. Golf movie. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Darren gets Happy it. Happy Gilmore, of course. So, uh, and then he kind of did this whole like punch drunk love, and he did. But all of a sudden now, in, in his fifties, he's and then a billion or t- almost two billion in movie grosses. I guess at some point the industry kind of goes. Well, I guess he's he's no joke. Well, he's worth over ha- more or more than half a billion, right? Like he'd be. Yeah, on. yeah, he's a he's close. Yeah, 
Big time dough. Uh, yeah, I don't understand how anyone could say that he deserved that slap. I mean, maybe there's a basis of an argument. Should he have said that that night? I, I, again, it was completely innocent. But the actual act of him, of Will Smith getting up on stage and striking him, how, mm-hmm. how, how is that defended? Yeah, I don't see him level. coming back from that, too, by the way. No, neither do I. No, I don't see that. No, that's always going to be stuck to him. Definitely. And, and too bad, too, because we've talked about what a great movie uh, King Richard was. Mm-hmm. The movie he actually, Will Smith's movie that he actually was winning the Oscar for that night is also going to be forever tainted for the night that this guy slapped another human being on stage in front of a billion people. Yeah, I think we can all identify with that. Can we not that uh, you would love to have a moment in time back? Um, can you imagine what Will, Will Smith goes through on a day to day basis right mm-hmm. now? If I if I don't only not done that, you know, that that brief moment in time. And of course, we can't relate to it from a magnitude standpoint because that was so huge. But I'm sure that he's it's driving him crazy. That's a great point. I mean, you know, listen, all of us in our small little lives, you know, I can certainly certainly relate to having many moments I wish I could have back. Recently, you and I both had some moments that we were like, oh, why do we have to say that? But think about the magnitude of that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just so bizarre. And on top of it, you know... I saw it again last week for some reason. Him laughing. He laughed at the joke and then looked at his wife. And it's mm-hmm. in that split second, he made the decision right there. And it's wow. Uh, um, I'm yeah, just looking it, to see here if Dan has sent me a uh, extra. He hasn't. That's okay. We can figure it out on our own. Um, I did want to talk about this if we can. Yeah. You know, every once in a while, Fred and I take a few minutes and we uh, discuss uh, U.S. politics. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that part of our show, that part of our show. But every once in a while, on occasion, Fred and I will just take a minute or two and uh, discuss what we think about the current situation in the United States. And uh, I wanted to begin with something. Um, just a little bit off, maybe not what you think I'm going to begin with, because, you know, we're obviously going to talk about Trump and Fox News and all this, but... Uh, well, you know, no, Noel Kasler's on tomorrow. Noel's so on we'll tomorrow. Doing, yeah, yeah. We'll be doing a lot of that tomorrow. Okay, well, you know, and this will just be like a little um, appetizer then. Sure, sure, a sure. A tiny appetizer. You know who I've been thinking about quite a bit and reading some commentary about this person? is uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton. You know, somewhere, uh, I saw uh, one of those memes or memes. Somewhere there's like a picture of her with the, she's got sunglasses on, and it's basically the greatest I fucking told you so of all time, right? Mm -hmm. And everything that he ran against her the emails, the deep state, the, the, you know, the Clintons, all that stuff. 
has come back in such an avalanche. It's really quite remarkable. Mm-hmm. And, and just before I let you take the, the baton here, she's been so good about not, you know, not making like, you know, if anyone else might, it might be out there daily saying, you see, <laughs> fucking see, but she seems to be sort of quietly going on with her life, whatever it is she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, Howard, the way uh, I really am going to make a uh, concerted effort to detach myself from this as much as I can. You know, our buddy Buffalo Mike, Mike McCulf, he's sent me a couple of texts over the weekend about, you know, the impending arrest and everything. And it's like if that country is so stupid, it's stupid enough to jump back into that pool. They deserve everything they get. And why should I feel any stress or anxiety over it? Other than the fact that the most powerful man on earth will be an idiot again. Um, it's it, it's it's almost too much to digest. And, and what bothers me more than anything else is the hypocrisy from top to bottom. Like it's mind nubbing. Like Jim Jordan wanting an inquiry to find out why somebody won't testify when he won't. He won't testify. No, I know. I love that. You know, when Lindsey Graham, you know, makes some bold statement uh, about Donald Trump, when the video is there of him calling Donald Trump like a madman, a deranged (laughs) fool just six years ago. I mean, that goes on and on and on. And even with this arrest now, it's like this is a country that talks about law and order and the GOP and the conservative um, part of America always talks about law law and order and, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, justice for all. And yet he may be charged and it's all about politics now that they buy into that until you get a situation like this. So now all of a sudden the courts are corrupt and it's all about politics. It's not about due process or anything. It's they've decided already that there's nothing there. The man should not be charged. So now they're attacking the very um, uh, foundation of the country that they apparently admire. (laughs) It's It's just this circle of hypocrisy that just drives me crazy and what good does it do for me or my health or my psyche to, to well yeah i mean that, that, that's a but we've had that discussion i mean i don't yeah the what is it i mean i we don't get we, we certainly don't spend anywhere near the time we used to on this no no right um, exactly and I certainly don't spend. I mean, I did a little tour this morning before the show of, mm. you know, the usual sites and suspects. But trust me, I'm not getting wound up anywhere near the level I used to. And and but but the next couple of days, it's going to be hard to ignore because of the, his, the historic nature of it, that this guy, this Alvin Briggs guy who is going to be whose life is about to be eviscerated, the uh, D.A. in New York. You know, a guy that you read about, you know, grew up in Harlem, educated parents, went to Harvard, you know, uh, Harvard Law School. But you know what the you know what the number one thing that the Republicans don't like about him? Because he's not the right color. But they're about to eviscerate this guy's life. And and again, not to be 
cruel, but it's going to be fascinating to see these next few days what this country is going to do to itself because of a criminal. And I respect what everything you just said, but I'm I'm going to be I'm going to find it hard not to tune into it. Well, Howard, and I'm not saying I won't. I'm saying what I have to manage mm. is my reaction to it. Well, for sure. Stay on the light and comedic side rather than actually get frustrated by it. Because, again, it's not even my country. And I know, again, the most powerful man on earth has great effect on Canada. There's no doubt about that. But, again, those first four or five years, where did it get us? Mm, Almost right back to where we began. So if they're that stupid, you know, and they talk about these charges could solidify his base. Well, great. That's super. He was never going to lose his base. Is it big enough to make him president again? Uh, Probably not. And you would hope that anybody down the middle that once thought Donald Trump was an option will now go, no. I mean, you know, I'll go some other way. But these are the things that tend to aggravate you as you think about them. And I'm just, you know, I, I've got to find a way to look at it as something funny as opposed to something frustrating. No, I hear you. I mean, you know, that was probably, you know, and, and we will. I don't like, again, we haven't really leaned into this too hard. <clears throat> The last couple of months, mostly, you know, it's been pretty light in terms of, you know, our approach to it. And uh, trust me, again, I I have stopped following at least half a dozen or more of the principles in this fucking shit show because I just reading about them aggravates me. You know, I was following Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Jim Jordan. You know, I was checking it every day, but I guess finally got to a point and I said this years ago to you, I got to a point where. I realized there was not going to be an outcome Mm -hmm. that I wanted. Mm -hmm. That there was not going to be the movie ending that that we all want, which is this guy to be exposed. Because the the people that support him, no matter what, that's the thing I, I thought the other day too. Even if you're a supporter of him, do you never just think to yourself, well, maybe this time it's his fault? Well, that's why these charges, it's the way, again, you've picked your team and you look at these impending charges, if they come today, it's like, it's, it's like, yes, he should. No, he shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the people at Fox News and all the people that support Donald Trump that are saying this is not. Have you ever just taken one second to look and see if maybe there's something there? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've gone to these lengths that they may indict him today. So no part of you wants to just look at the actual issue and think, wow, is there something there? This man that I supported, did he do these things? There's no time for that whatsoever. You just pick your team and you're blind to the reality of it. It's bizarre. And here we are (laughs) talking about it again. And it's like, uh, hey, don't get me wrong. If I find out he's indicted today and, you know, I want to see him walked into the courthouse and I want to see if he has handcuffs on and, you know, I want to see the mug shot. Mm-hmm. Who's that? That There was some some big star. That was their Twitter, on their Twitter. I want to see the mug shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, well, like I said, like you said, like we've said, like people have said. Anyway, tomorrow is going to be uh, a chance for us to... Uh, uh, unpack this and where is that coming from now i'm sorry here hang on a one second. further note and i just read this story yesterday and i was reading again this morning a fox producer yes okay 
is now suing. This is a Fox producer that worked for Fox during January 6th. Yes. She is now suing Fox because she was coerced and intimidated while preparing her deposition in the $1.6 billion lawsuit filed by Dominion Voting Systems. So Dominion Voting Systems, using the law as it should be, she had to prepare a deposition and tell the truth of what took place. Well, she's preparing that. This network for fucking morons and idiots, simpletons of America, (laughs) they're leaning on her. You know, you better watch intimidating her uh, about her deposition and about basically about her telling the truth, which you can understand because the whole (gasps) basis of Fox News is not telling the truth. Right. Lying to their uh, audience every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just laughing because I'm like, we've gone from, okay, I'm just going to make sure I temper my reaction to these fucking bricks. <laughs> well, this is it. No, and, and I read that what? story. It's going to take some management. It is. I read that story this morning. And again, that's something mm-hmm. else that I thought we would need to air out a little bit. But, mm-hmm. and again, I had said this a couple of years ago when the Dominion Security Smart Tech thing, I said, this could be the thing. That brings it all down because it's no longer because they won't have the protection of it just being a TV thing. Now it's a legal thing. Mm-hmm. By the way, are you done everything you need to do here today? Uh, no, the retirement shirt. Oh, come on. We should. Igno- well, let me get some. Split. Yes, buddy. Just hang on a second. You got yourself all wound up and I was we were going to shut the show down. You know, um. Tim Niblett's a uh, portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Timmy will be on the show tomorrow. It's Wednesday. It'll be good to hear from him, you know, enjoying his winter in uh, sunny, cl- uh, sunny climes as we are. Uh, Tim, uh, licensed on both sides of the border, so don't uh, even think twice about that. Uh, yeah, regardless of what side of the border you are on, he can help you. He's helped many Humble and Fred listeners. You know, you've heard the testimonials. Fantastic. He knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing, and he can help you get to where you want to be at retirement, retirement sherpa.ca. Yeah, it's funny all the different stages and emotions that you get. And it's not even our country. It's just, mm-hmm. and I don't like some of the, like, why don't you guys talk about Pierre Polyev and our stupid prime minister and all that stuff. By the way, speaking of our prime minister, uh, Grandpa Joe is coming to town on uh, Thursday, Dan Duran birthday day. So we'll have to uh, talk about that. This is, um, is this his first or second visit? I can't remember. No, this will be his first visit. And they're saying long overdue. So uh, there you go. We'll talk about uh, Joe Biden's visit. And um, and tomorrow we will. Uh, I don't. The last I saw before I started the show was that they're not even sure if today's a day. I tell you who's going. I tell you who loves this is uh, Keith Olbermann. Do you ever follow Keith? Do you ever see some of the stuff that he does? Yeah. He's very clever. Hey, quickly, on a Canadian uh, issue, um, you know, this Chinese interference in our elections. Yes. I mean, that's something. Yeah. But, you know, the difference in our countries. I don't hear a bunch of liberals screaming from the sky or screaming from all corners defending Trudeau just because he's a liberal. Right. 
No, it's just, you know, this is, t- you know, talk about due process. It's taking its course. There's an in- investigation. And yes, Trudeau designated the guy, you know, a buddy of his, I forget, the Johnson or whatever, to look into it. And, you know, you may raise your eyebrows there. But there's no real teamwork here. I think most Canadians are just sitting back going, ah, oh, let's see where this goes. Because if it is something that Trudeau was aware of, well, I think that will take its course. Absolutely. The way it should. And by the way, if you're, if you're surprised that the Chinese government is interfering with Canadian elections, you haven't been paying attention. They're interfering with everyone's elections. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, tomorrow on the program, as we've now mentioned, one of our most popular guests will be with us. Uh, I'm hoping that Trump is indicted today. By the way, that is a weird word. Indicted. 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 <laughs> you know, isn't it sometimes, because I, I, I handwrite these notes, I was trying to write the word indicted last night, and I thought, am I, am I misspelled? Because N-I-D-I-C-T-E-D. Mm-hmm. Indicted. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow we can also talk about, because um, I, I had this note there, I just saw it, about how, uh, you know, every opportunity, no matter what happens to Donald Trump, he never misses an opportunity to fundraise off it. And tomorrow I'll read you what he is sending his um, followers <laughs> to help raise money off the fact that he might be indicted. Okay. Yeah, how do you not put two and two together there either I, anyway, alright here we go this episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa the Chambers Plan, Bodog Air Adventures, EVNet.ca and GoDaddy we read all of our emails Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com liking and subscribing really helps us out by charging up the getting noticed algorithms so does giving us all the hearts and stars, for Humble and Fred I'm Dan Duran And remember, change and wash your underwear regularly. And enjoy every goddamn day. From the habitations in the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans that just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Oh, it's oatmeal time. Where's that?